Hey guys, I'm so glad you're here on the Confident Man Podcast. We are continuing our March Man Month focus, and today we're going to have part two of our conversation with Dr. Louis Marcos. It's about classic literature and men, and we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Marcos about classic literature and its influences on men. Now, Dr. Marcos is an authority on literature, and he does all kinds of stuff. I'll put links in the show notes so you can find out more about him. But we're going to be talking and continuing our conversation about how reading the classics helps men be better. Today, we're going to be talking about the great themes of ancient stories and how we can learn from them. And Dr. Marcos also gives us some different recommendations of books that we can read to kind of how to get started. And we're going to put all the information about him and we're going to put links to the books that he recommends in the show notes. So check them out after the show. So let's continue part two of our conversation with Dr. Marcos. Welcome to the Confident Man Podcast, empowering men with the confidence they need to live their adventure. Now, here is your host, David Maxwell. Now, that wonderful speech, uh, someday the race of men may fall, but that day is not today. It was actually not in the book. It was written, one of the best editions of the whole series. But it is very, very faithful uh, to mm. what Tolkien is doing uh, and to the understanding of, we. you know, again, we have to walk into the trap and be bait. But yeah. we will stay true. We, we will not be, what's that word? Uh, Harry, uh, not Harry, Harry, what, uh, what are those, uh, both, what are the guys uh, blow themselves up in the plane. Oh, the kamikazes? Uh, thank you. Yeah. No, that is not courage, okay? Yeah. That is recklessness, right? No American, that was the horror of world, of Vietnam War. Americans never saw this, a person strapping dynamite to themselves and walking into a barracks and killing it. No, yeah. no American does that, no true American, because we have a respect for human life that is Judeo-Christian. But that doesn't mean we'll say, I will go into that, Layer that den with a two percent chance of survival, but that is yeah. totally different than blowing yourself up. That That's is true. completely uh, against any kind of uh, Judeo-Christian, Greco-Roman understanding of what true heroism is. Uh, mm -hmm. And and the great fantasy shows us that. Yeah, yeah, I remember the first time reading uh, the Chronicles. Um, I was older because I, I hadn't come across a lot of the books, and and finding myself wanting to be Reepicheep. You know, oh, yeah. I was like, of all characters, you know, uh, the smallest character, but the one with the most courage, the one who was willing to go and do. And I remember through the whole book thinking, that's who I want to be. I want to have the attitude of, of Reepicheep and and what he does and, and how his attitude is. And to me, it, that just kind of shows how even a character that you would not look at and think, oh, this is going to be a great character. But uh, reading it, he's one of the ones I remember the most. One second, I'm finding one of the greatest of all speeches. Uh, <laughs> oh, he gave a lot. Oh. Yeah, here it is. Uh, okay, they 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 know that uh, you know to go uh, to go to the end of the world carries great risk, mm -hmm. and and uh, this is this is what Reaper Chief says. My own plans are made while I can. I sail east in the dawn treader. When she fails me, I paddle east in my canoe. When she sinks, I shall swim east with my four paws. And when I can swim no longer, if I have not reached Aslan's country or shot over the edge of the world in some vast cataract, 
uh, uh, waterfall. I shall sink with my nose to the sunrise, and Peepakeek will be head of the talking mice in Narnia. Okay. My kids grew up with the Disney Channel, and it's okay. But they always said, follow your dreams, follow your dreams. Well, what they mean by follow your dreams is you can be a, a pop star for three days. Okay. Yeah. This is what it means to follow your dreams. Okay. Yeah. That you are seeking the truth, no matter the cost. You are moving for, you know, the risk and you know the cost, but your eyes are on the true prize. Aslan's country ultimately had it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the kind of courage we need. And that's the kind of courage that true fantasy calls us to. Mm hmm. Like, oh, yeah. we need to understand, and, and I love the way the movie did it. Uh, when Aragorn, uh, along with Le uh, Legolas and Gimli, take the paths of the dead, yeah. right? Uh, that those are the oath breakers. Now, again, I, I probably would have done the movie the same way, but in the movie, we're given the idea that Aragorn is risking his life, that these ghosts can kill him. Okay, mm -hmm. ghosts cannot kill you. Okay, they have no body; they cannot hold a sword. Again. I would have probably given in to the temptation as a movie maker when, when the, the, the ghost came to the Battle of Pelennor Field and killed it. That doesn't work, okay? They don't have bodies. They cannot do that. So what is the courage that Aragorn? It's not so much the courage of being stabbed. It is the courage of facing that which he fears the most, mm -hmm. what Lewis liked to call the numinous, right? The, the facing mortality, our own death. That, in other words, the real danger is not that he's going to be stabbed. The real danger is that he's literally going to die of fear being mm -hmm. in that eerie, like, you know, like being a brave man and going through a, a cemetery, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. I'm facing the unknown. And that's what he does. And his friends come with him as well. And actually, I don't mind, you know, in the book, uh, the, the two brothers of, um, of, uh, of Ar Arwen join him. Uh, they're not mentioned in the movie because they really don't yeah. do much, <laughs> but yeah, Arwen does yeah. have two brothers. Uh, who uh, you know are checking out their their you know um, uh, you know uh, soon to be brother in law. So they're, they're checking him out, but they also go with him into the past and the dead. But that's the kind of courage, the kind of courage yeah. that Frodo has. You know, I don't know the way, but I will bear that ring. Right? I don't know where I'm going, and I don't know how to get there, but I will do it. I will bear the weight. I will be the ring bearer. That's the kind yeah. of courage that we get in real fantasy, not just get your own yeah. back on the bullies. Uh, and yeah. the prize or something. Yeah, that's so, a great that's a great point because like one of the things I learned reading uh the the trilogy the Lord of the Rings trilogy was the depth of feeling men have. I mean, these were warrior men who would break out into a song in a moment's notice. And and I didn't really when I read through it, it didn't hit me as much as when I listened to it. The guy who did it on uh, one of the Audible series I have, he started singing. Oh and yes, I, yeah. I thought they do Rob sing, English, don't they? Probably. Yeah, probably yeah, yeah, it was yeah, Rob. He, he, yeah, he not great. only does every single voice, he sings in every single voice. Yeah, he and sings right, in there the is voice. So, and by the way, if you can't get a man to read a novel, try to get him to read a poem, okay? Yeah. So yeah. they are continually, and, and by the way, the Rohirrim, most of their poems are done in the same style as Beowulf, because they really are the Anglo-Saxons, except... Tolkien gives them horses, so they'll be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> there are well, there's one horse, but they, they don't they don't fight on horses uh, in Beowulf. So so he does that uh, in there. But you're right; it, it is that, that also that sense of camaraderie mm -hmm. of the men that fight side to side. Now this phrase, this uh, dialogue was added. It's not in the book, but I think it's faithful to it. And anybody that's seen the movie remembers it. 
because you know elves and, and dwarves have been enemies for a long time but this beautiful friendship springs up between Legolas the elf and Gimli the dwarf uh, yeah. and and as they're as they're preparing to fight at, at Helm's Deep in the second movie um uh, Gimli turns to Legolas and says if anybody ever told me I would die side by side with an elf and of course Legolas says how about side by side with a friend yeah I yep. laddie I can do that I want to tell you one thing that I did not know, and I try to pass this down to my students, and please pass this down to people. A lot of evangelicals, right? We have this idea that when you get married, husband and wife are supposed to be everything to each other, and you don't need anyone else because you found your soulmate. Well, mm -hmm. the idea of the soulmate is not biblical. It's it's, it's platonic. Uh, the, the, okay. It is absolutely essential. And please tell your, your, your listeners, it is yeah. absolutely essential for a successful marriage for the man to continue to have close male friends that he yeah. does things with apart from his wife and for the wife to continue to have close female friends with whom she does things. Now, yeah. if you're a good husband and your wife is hanging out with women who are utter gossips, spending money, who are absolute good for nothing people then you probably need to encourage her to leave. In the same way, if you're a good wife and your husband gets together with men who only get stinking drunk every weekend, then you should speak up, okay? Yeah, yeah. But other than that, you need to allow them because there are certain things that men can only talk about with other men and women can only talk about with other women. And this nonsense that men and women always have to be together is not biblical. It's also not yeah. rational. Uh, it's an American thing. And it, that's one nice thing, I guess. In, uh, you know, in America still, compared to Europe, the sexes mingle much more in America than they even do in Europe today. Uh, yeah. And in some ways, that's good. But it's also bad because we never have the conversations we need to have. You know, you know the old joke, uh, David, if a man says to his male friend, hey, let's go up into the woods and light a fire and we'll sit around and talk about life and share our stories and struggles, he'll be like, what? You gay, right? But if he says, let's go up, build a fire, talk about our lives, and while we do it, kill a few animals, then it's fine. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but again, there is a need for that male bonding that is yeah. extremely important. And that's one of the things you see in fantasy with something like the fellowship mm -hmm. as they are together. One of the things that the movie of Prince Caspian ruined, uh, and it really is sad, is that. Okay, if you know Prince Caspian, the, 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 the novel, what happens is that in the second half of the novel, the boys and girls split up while the boys are fighting on the battlefield. And Peter particularly is having his one on one duel with Mraz. Yeah. What are the girls doing? Susan and Lucy. Do you remember, David? I don't know if you remember the book. That one. I don't, I don't Su remember. Susan and Lucy are riding on the back of Aslan, going throughout the countryside, setting free the countryside, waking up the trees. Right. Okay. Now, they completely leave that out in they the book, do. in the movie. And instead, they allow Susan to get in the battle and kill about 100 people with her bow and arrow. Now, is that an affirmation of femininity? I think most girls, if they have not been corrupted already and told what to believe, if yeah. you say, would you rather fight on the battlefield or ride on the back of Aslan and wake up the trees, I think we know what they're going to say, right? Yeah. So that wonderful sort of affirmation of masculine femininity is, is gone from, from the yeah. way. It's beautiful, right? And, 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 and it's important because what the boys and girls are doing are equally important. 
yeah. without what yeah. the girls are doing, the boys are going to lose. Right? Just like despite all the heroism of attacking the Black Gate at the end of Lord of the Rings, all of it is meaningless if those two little hobbits are not able to destroy the ring. Okay, so yeah. the, the two need to come together. Um, um, but 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 again, we need an understanding of courage, and, and boys need a specifically masculine understanding of courage. Uh, that's very yeah. very important. And again, fantasy just if it's good fantasy, it does that well. Camaraderie also shows that everybody has their role. Yeah. And that a role that is not maybe the upfront person is just as important because, you know, if if the if Legolas and them didn't do their job, the hobbits wouldn't have been able to do their job. And and I think that helps men realize that, hey, I'm here to do my role. I don't have to try to be someone else, try to act like someone else. And I think that's something you miss when you don't read the stories like that. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we, we lose the dignity and meaningfulness that goes with each, with each of the tasks yeah. and how they need to come together. And again, oddly enough, Avatar shows that that in, 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 we get we get the, the the basically land Indians and, and, the, and the water Indians, and in both cases, the, the male figure is the protector, but the female is sort of a little bit more of a mystic and 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 uh, uh, you know making sure. And it, like I said, there there is an understanding of a meaningfulness and an importance to yeah. each of the roles. Yeah, and I know that's where um, talking with fans of Lord of the Rings when Amazon came out with their uh, prequel yeah. kind of thing. I mean, uh, it was just, people are just like, why did you mess up what was already there? Why did you feel like you had to do this or that or the other? And how can a girl who weighs 124 pounds oh meet up? You know, she gets so greedy by the very end gets a little better when yeah, we yeah. realize that she's kind of doing all of this because she's trying to live up to her brother. Uh, you know, so, but, but yeah, she, she gets so greedy. Oh my God. That, yeah, I, yeah. I saw a funny meme where, you know, you know, your, your parents tell you, if you keep making funny faces, your face is going to freeze like that. And so they showed her, you know, freeze, <laughs> her face frozen with that um, um, obnoxious, unending sneer that she has. Oh my yeah. gosh. I mean, yeah. like I said, unlike three of the great female characters in film or novel, uh, Galadriel, Arwen, and, and uh, Eowyn, uh, yeah. and the Lord of the Rings. And, and, it was a little bit annoying what they did in the the Hobbit when they created that female elf, but yeah. that girl, eventually Lily, is so wonderful and feminine that it, it got by somehow. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, I think it worked. Another one, just recently, um, a great series called The Man. Uh, oh my God, The Man in the High Castle. If you watch uh -huh. that, the female figure in there is very strong, but she's very feminine throughout. Yeah, and does yeah. a very good job. I mean, it can be done. Uh, and and I was reading an interview with with Evangeline Lilly uh, when she was starting to say, yeah, she's starting to realize that when they just take a female character and make her into a man with breasts, she's got no backstory. She's got no connection to family. She doesn't want to play those figures anymore. She was saying, yeah, yeah. She wants to play figures that are full characters, female characters yeah. that care about people. And that was pretty interesting. I don't remember where I read that. But that yeah, was yeah, cool. yeah. I remember reading um, something like that, but it was Emily Blunt talking about that. Oh, yeah, she's um, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just she, you can be strong and feminine. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're not trying to take over. Everybody has their role and it's different. Yeah. So let me, let me do this. Let's, let's get a little practical. If, if 
there's men out there as they listen to this, they say, okay, where do, where do I start in reading fantasy literature? Where would you say is kind of a beginner for someone who hasn't done a lot of reading to kind of get in, you know, don't try and tackle something that might overwhelm them. What, what would be some advice you give to them on what to read, how to read, things like that? I mean, I always like starting with the Odyssey. It's much easier than the Iliad. Uh, and the Odyssey is about Odysseus coming home. Now, I just was just writing an article about it uh, just this week. Uh, and, you know, today we overdo this idea of, oh, the double standard Ulysses, Odysseus is sleeping with all these women. Okay, he sleeps with only two women, and both of them are goddesses, and both of them are about survival. Okay, so I'm not justifying from a Christian point of view, adultery. but if you read it, the whole point about the Odyssey is that Odysseus, it's not that he sleeps with the two goddesses. It's that he leaves and goes home, okay? Yeah. He's got the ultimate male fantasy. He's living on an island with Calypso, the most beautiful nymph of all, who is about to make him immortal. And he says, nevertheless, I must go home. And mm -hmm. by the way, if you go back and watch it, amazingly, the three great manly movies, and these are all basically the same movie, archetypally, Braveheart, Gladiator, and Patriot. They're basically the same movie, all good movies. And in all three of them, our hero is a very manly man who is a widower, who still loves the, the memory of his wife and doesn't really love again. I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing. We kind of forget this in those things. Uh, powerful, powerful movies. Um, but again, the Odyssey is about a man who, see, when we think of Odysseus today, we think of a man with a wanderlust. But that mm -hmm. comes from Dante and Tennyson. The, the Odysseus of the Odyssey, he's called Ulysses in Latin. The Odysseus of Homer is a person who wants to get home, who tries mm. to maintain his integrity and who he is and goes home and fights to preserve his home and helps to make his son Telemachus come of age. So mm. that's always a good place to begin. The next place, if you haven't read The Lord of the Rings, you got to read The Lord of the Rings. Now, mm. it's a little bit slow going in the beginning, mostly because Tolkien had no idea what he was doing. Uh, for the first 100 or 150 pages. Uh, lucky took his time and got in there. And anyway, um, preserve, persevere through. Uh, I mean, I, I love uh, I love uh, Tom Bombadil, but he really has nothing to do with anything. But he's yeah. still fun. But anyway, persevere, because you are going to see role models of, of all kinds uh, mm -hmm. that are there. And you know what people used to read in the old days? They used to read, what's that guy's name? Sir Walter Scott, Ivanhoe. That's not a bad old novel yeah. to go back to. You know, Ivanhoe is a, a great hero at the time of the Crusades, uh, and, and uh, there's still a lot to be said uh, for that kind of heroism. Or, uh, what is it? Uh, the guy that fights Napoleon. Horatio Hornblower. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that, yeah. Uh, more recently, you have the Captain and Commander series. What, what is the name of that series? Uh, Aubrey, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a whole yeah. series. It's, it's the same time, the Napoleonic Wars. Uh, yeah. uh, about a, about a, an, an admiral or a captain, uh, and, and the movie uh, Captain uh, Master and Commander—that's the name of the movie. Yeah, Master uh, and Commander. Based on those novels uh, that that are very good uh, for for portraying a, a man learning to be a man. Uh, coming of age stories. I mean, even something like Huckleberry Finn. Now, this is a boy rather than a man, but it is a boy learning about responsibility, and it is a classic. Yeah. But it's an easier and a not Moby Dick is very difficult to read, uh, but Huckleberry Finn. Is, is not a difficult read. And yeah, it captures yeah. what it means to come of age. Now, it's a little more difficult, but if you want to try the Aeneid, the Aeneid is about a man who is tasked to leave 
his home, Troy, is burning to the ground and lead the survivors to found a new city in Rome that will become the Roman Empire. Uh, and he struggles mightily. Now, that's a little bit harder poetry. Uh, but, yeah. you know, there's no reason why you can't buy what's called a prose translation. In other words, it's translated into prose like a novel rather than poetry. I know uh, I should feel very bad telling you that as an English professor, but that's okay. You get a good <laughs> prose. Uh, Penguin has an excellent prose translation of the Odyssey that I used to teach from. It's also very, very accurate. So that's okay, okay uh, to do that. Um, but you, you, you want to read the stories of these people who had a heavy task put upon them and, and followed that task and, and lived it out. Yeah. I think of uh, of other ones uh, offhand uh, that you know all, all you know all, all all the boys would read these stories you know about and by the way this is not fiction but if you read martyr biographies uh, mm -hmm. what's his name William Lane Craig one of the greatest living apologists is continually reading missionary stories they're not always martyrs but missionary stories here's yeah. a different kind of courage somebody that goes in the middle of nowhere learns a new language all that sort of stuff. Uh, th those are uh, are often very very good reading uh, and show the the, the courage the, the turnaround uh, that happens uh, in these lives, which is pretty amazing. You know, with kids, there are simplified versions of like Charles Dickens or something. Uh, yeah. That's not bad reading or even reading yeah. out loud. I mean, Christmas Carol is always wonderful. That's one of the great moral stories ever written. Uh, yeah. And, but, but do this together, read them out loud mm -hmm. and discuss them together uh, yeah. and, and talk about, you know, the, you know, cause look, David, I don't know if you saw this, but with kids, when you watch a movie with them, what is the first question they ask you? Who are the good guys and who are the bad guys? Yeah, they want to yeah. know what the moral tenor of this exactly. world is. I mean, yeah. they always ask, especially if if it's that kind of an action movie. Um, and talk about that. What makes the good guy good? I mean, the the best death scene in all of Hollywood history is the death of Boromir, and it actually is superior to the death of the novel. Uh, and here is someone who is messed up, but at the end he has yeah. died with heroism. Right? It, oh, it, yeah. it would be the the fantasy version of a deathbed conversion, sort of, sort of speak. Yeah, uh, and, and it's powerful, and it's also powerful because in the death of Boromir, Aragorn finally realizes who he is. And, and again, the, the dialogue's a little bit different, but it's ultimately faithful. And you know, what does he say to him? Uh, he he says, "Don't worry, I will not let the white city fall, or our people." Perish. And that's the yeah. phrase added to the novel. And that's when Boromir says, our people, and he realizes that Aragorn has become the full man who fully identifies with his people and his role. Uh, and it's a little bit different in the novel, uh, but I think it works extremely well in, 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 the, in, the, in the movie. And it's ultimately faithful uh, to the character arc of, uh, of Aragorn uh, and what he must do. And by the way, it, it, it's not explained in the, in the movie, but in the novel, Basically, Elrond is not going to give his daughter to Aragorn until he is the king of the United Kingdom. Okay, so <laughs> hey, that's high yeah. stakes. Okay, yeah, good I got motivation. My elf, my elf rifle over here, <laughs> and you are going to be worthy of my daughter. And so yeah, that, that's actually yeah. a little more explained a little more clearly uh, in the novel. Until he's the king of a full king of Gondor and Andrews, he brought back the the the, the old um, uh, kingdoms, uh, and then he is worthy to. Yeah. 
marry the princess, you know, yeah. <laughs> and say, uh, and that's, and that's yeah. wonderful. And by the way, I don't know if you know this, but in the, in the original movie, uh, they were, they even shot some of it where they were going to bring uh, Arwen into battle. And thank God the fans went crazy and stopped them. Wow. If that happened today, they might do it. I hate yeah. to say it because we've lost our minds, but thank God. And, and she, Now, they did make one change, but I think it was completely okay. In the novel, when uh, Frodo is stabbed uh, by the Morgul blade there, uh, yeah. in the novel, it is uh, an elf named Glorfindel who comes to rescue him. He doesn't really do anything else in the novel. So I'm really glad they changed that to Arwen. That works perfectly. She comes yeah, as yeah. a healer. She takes him on the horse. That was a good way to give her a fuller role that is consistent with her character. So they made yeah. some changes that were very well thought out and very, very faithful. I mean, whether Tolkien would have liked that, he's an old curmudgeon. He would have complained about everything. Uh, <laughs> that's a silly claim. But I, I think if somebody explained it to him, he would have seen how faithful this is to yeah. the book and the meaning of the book. Yeah, well, it's true. Like uh, I showed my son the movies uh, back when he was <laughs> – when he finally hit like 12, 13, I figured, okay, he's old. And and they're his favorite, like almost every year or two, we rewatch the extended edition trilogy and the Boromir scene gets us every time. Uh, now, it's just such a great, great story. If there's one thing where you want to uh, get your boy to read the novel, there's only really one weakness in the movie. And that is they don't flesh out Faramir properly. Yeah. Now the actor did a good job. He was also in 300. He's been in a couple other movies. Um, but he, the full nobility of him that's in the novel doesn't mm -hmm. quite get through. For instance, he's not, he's never uh, attempted by the ring at all. He understands yeah. that there are some dangers from which a man must flee, as Joseph does from Potiphar's wife. But there's a wonderful phrase, a wonderful passage in the novel. And he basically says, I do not love the, I do not love the sword for its sharpness or the arrow for its swiftness. I love only what they defend, the city of men. Hmm. And by the way, if you read the letters, Tolkien most identified, not with Gandalf, but with Faramir, which comes hmm. as a surprise when you read the letters. Uh, yeah. This is the real dreamer who will fight when he has to, yeah. but he loves something higher. Uh, yeah. And he is, is in many ways a pupil of Gandalf, and that gets his father in, you wizard's pupil, <laughs> things like that. Uh, <laughs> The Faramir is worth worth fleshing about a little bit more by reading the novel. Yeah, that's one thing I do remember when I read it. I I love that his character was a lot deeper in that. Yeah. So so any other any other stories uh, before we close out that you you want to throw out? I know you mentioned the the prose translation as a way to read some of the harder ones. I thought that was very fascinating. Any any other tips like that for men? The uh, I mean, first of all, when you read the Odyssey. Don't feel guilty if you want to skim things, okay? <laughs> the second <laughs> half really slows down and gets kind of boring. The first half is more exciting. So it is okay yeah. to skim. Yeah. Uh, I say that even though I never do because I'm supposed to be a nerdy boy, a professor. <laughs> I, I feel guilty if I do that. But you shouldn't you feel guilty. Uh, yeah. You can't skim. You know, you, you, okay. you, you can't do that. Uh, and, 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 you know, just, just like the kids did. You know, they used to have, uh, you know, simpler versions of, uh, I don't know, what, what's it called? Uh, 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 just the one with... Long John Silver, uh, you know, kidnapped and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, all, all of those uh, wonderful old movies. Um, but those adventure film books, and that's what boys used to read. Uh, and they were exciting and they drew them in. And, and uh, 
you know, the Arabian Nights stories and things like that, uh, bringing back some of the old uh, legends, the King Arthur stories uh, and uh, Robin Hood stories and things like that. Uh, these are just great uh, heroes that are worth yeah. digging into. Yeah, yeah, and find mm -hmm. those good stories. Well, that's good stuff. Well, listen, Dr. Marcos, I appreciate the time mm -hmm. and uh, just uh, having the chance to talk with you and talk about how uh, more men need to read. And uh, we're going to put a bunch of links in the show notes for guys that can find some of these books out there. And um, we'll we'll put a link to your stuff so they can see some of your books. I know the great course uh, course was great. I loved it. And um, in fact, my son listened to it, loved it too. And uh, so we appreciate you taking the time to do that today. Hey, well, thanks. Great to be on and keep up the good work here. And uh, again, I, I really think the greatest crisis of the next 50 years will be the loss of male leadership. Yeah, it's we're, we're, we're seeing and a lot of times women look. OK, let me let me end with this. because It's very important. OK, is there middle ground on should women be preachers? OK, now, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm you know, very, very conservative and, and whatnot. But the funny thing is that even though Paul's pretty darn clear about it, there are a few examples like Deborah and other people. But yeah. when you look at those examples, what you'll often find is Deborah and Yael are forced to rise up and do it because the man who was supposed to do it yep. is a wimp and abdicates his responsibility. Yep. Right? So, you know, uh, if the men refuse to do it, the women will step up and do it. Okay. Yeah. But they often want the man to move forward and lead and be the ambassador between the family and the rest of the world. Uh, because when the mother's the ambassador, she can be pretty darn scary. Um, so yeah. let, <laughs> because she is, you know, naturally, viciously uh, tied to her children and is yeah. not very just to people outside the family. The man is often more just to people. And that's why he's the ambassador. Um, and uh, so, uh, again, we, we, we need, you know what? I want to say one more thing. I got to end. Yeah. I will prove to you that the feminists in America, especially the radical feminists, care nothing for American women. And I'll tell you why. The greatest thing that ever happened to American women in this country was promise keepers. Remember promise keepers? Yeah. All those yeah. rallies, men coming together and swearing to each other to be good fathers and good husbands respond. Also, by the way, given to racial reconciliation, which they always forget about. They were doing yeah. that long before it was fashionable, uh, but doing it for Christian reasons, not for virtue signaling. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what women want. And every single time there was a meeting of that, the feminists picketed it and try to call it sexist, right? Yeah. This is what w women want, and this is what they need, and this is what families need. Uh, but again, they don't want strong male leadership. And yeah. that is what we need. And again, reading good stories can help to do that. Yeah, Thanks. no, that's good stuff. I appreciate it, Dr. Marcos. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Confident Man Podcast. Click subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. You can connect with David on Facebook and Instagram at David the Maxwell. Find resources to help you as a man at theconfidentman.me. That's theconfidentman.me.